Reaping the Harvest on the Article 7 Podcast. Now, if you listen to the previous two sermons and the previous two episodes of this podcast, Growing with Galatians, then you already know. I'm Andy Jago, and the pastor at Bethany Lutheran Church and Preschool. And you may already know that we are located at 2501 Beacon Hill Road in Alexandria, Virginia. And you may already also know that our newly renovated website is still at its same old address, but looks brand spanking new, and you can find it at www.bethany-lcms.org. And if you already knew that, then you're geared up and ready for the third and last sermon in this series. Uh, But if you didn't know any of that, and you're just getting into this podcast, well, that's okay. You don't really have to go back and listen to these in order, although they do follow not only successive chapters in Galatians, chapters 3, 5, and 6, but they also follow the life cycle that we see in the plants around us, going from planting seeds to growing and finally the harvesting at the end. So this is the last sermon of that series called Reaping the Harvest, whether you've listened to part or all of this series, thank you so much, and may God bless the time that we spend together in his word. Today is the epistle lesson read a moment ago from the book of Galatians. I'll highlight especially verses 7 through 9. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. And to highlight a verse that we just sang from the pen of Steve Starkey, reworking a familiar hymn. Uh, some of you may recognize the, the hymn that we just saw, but saying, wait a minute, those words are a little different. Uh, a recent version by Steve Starkey to rework it according to some of the, the scripture verses about gardening and planting and things that grow. For as rain and snow from heaven water seeds and dusty soil, causing them to bud and flower, giving bread to those who toil, so the Lord sends forth his promise, words of life and joy and peace, never void to him returning, bearing fruit with great increase. In the name of Jesus, dear Christian friends, this is where we've been, where we've been the last few weeks. We've been walking through Paul's garden in the book of Galatians. The last chapters of that book, having these illusions, these uh, metaphors, these, these symbols of 
the garden and growing. We started with seeds being planted. Now the seed of Abraham is Jesus Christ who came to bring us faith. And once faith grows inside of us, St. Paul writes about how we grow fruit of the Spirit by the Holy Spirit's power, bringing forth love, joy, peace, and so forth. And then today, we go to the end of the cycle, if you will, from planting to growing and now harvesting. Of course, we harvest some of that fruit here in this life, enjoying the benefits of love and joy and peace and so forth. But there is a harvesting that happens at the end. There is a harvesting when where we reach the new heavens and new earth, and we see the, the, the reaping angels go out to reap the, the, what has grown from those seeds of faith. We see God at work all through our lives. Verse 7 of Galatians. Let's read that and, and highlight that together. Paul writes, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that also will he reap. Now in verse 6, he's talking about sharing in the blessings, those who teach and those who learn. But we're going to emphasize the spiritual blessings that we all share in. Do not be deceived. I think Paul is, is, pointing, is not only emphasizing importance in this section, but he's saying, look around you. Make observations. You know, I don't know if we do that enough. When I was a boy, I had lots of time to wander around the woods. Uh, to work in, in, in the garden uh, plot of our family's home, uh, to observe the way that God works in this world. I think that to, to be connected, I mean, there's a lot of studies that show that being connected to God's creation does very beneficial things to body, mind, and soul. And I think when we look out there, we know God is not deceived. The pattern that we see out here in the creation is repeated also spiritually. We can observe a lot from God's creation. And Jesus taught a lot by making connections from creation to work in the kingdom. Now, making those connections, I mean, just even walking through the Galatians garden again, and, you know, Jesus talked about planting seeds, gospel seeds, giving the parable of the seed and the sower, right? Uh, there was also uh, bearing good fruit. He mentions that a good tree bears good fruit when he's preaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Also makes that observation when he comes upon the fig tree that is not bearing fruit. And we just read about the harvest. He says to his, before he sends out the 72 disciples to preach the good news, he says the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Pray to the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into that field. Do not be deceived. The way that things work out here is God's giving us a pattern and some connections to make for how things work spiritually as well. God is the one who's going to equip and send those workers, which, yes, include you and include me. In verse 8, Paul writes, For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption, but the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Sowing corruption, we think of the rotting plants. Sowing to eternal life, I think of the way that the Bible begins and ends with the garden. We're in the Garden of Eden with the tree and the river of life flowing through there. Well, there's a tree and a river flowing right there in Revelation 22, the very end of the Bible as well. And there's no comparison between that 
rotting fruit, if you will, and the, the fruit that, bear, that is burned to eternal life. We are warned about sowing in sin and reaping that corruption. And Paul's warning goes out. All throughout, he talks about the works of the flesh in the previous chapter, of course. But as we said, you know, those are, that's what happens when we're not connected, when we refuse to be connected to those means of grace. We have our baptismal font out here now as a constant reminder of our entrance into God's kingdom by way of baptism. We have at the altar today uh, the feast set before us to receive grace and forgiveness through our Lord's body and blood. And of course, right now, we're, being, we're feeding on that word of God and being connected to the love of God and love for one another by the words that are just right here. And where two or three are gathered together, of course, there God is among us, and as we are praying, as we are living out our Christian faith together. There's so many opportunities. And of course, if we're not connected to that, if we're looking after our selfish needs first, now, with that, I have to caution, it is okay to look out for selfish needs, to take care of this body that God gives to us as a temple of the Holy Spirit. And as I mentioned earlier in the announcements, it's okay to rest. It's okay to take time to recreate, to recreate in the Lord's presence, to feed ourselves, to, to have water and, and, and slake our thirst. But we have to acknowledge that, spiritually speaking, we must not neglect those needs either. There's a reason why the Bible over and over and over again refers to God's Word as food and, and this, these means of grace as, as being water, you know, the water of life that fills us with the Holy Spirit. We need that connection. We can't grow without it. Because, and we can't be equipped to, first of all, see the work that needs to be done, the spiritual work that needs to be done, the laborer that needs to be done, the laborers, you and I, being sent out into the harvest field, we need to see that. And then see how when God sends us out, it's by his power that we're able to do what, we, what God enables us to do. There's work that only God can do. Yes, there's work that we do. Just like a farmer will plant and work the ground, there's work that you and I will do. But then there's work that only, only God can send the rain. Only God can put the sunshine over that seed and cause it to grow. There's God work all around us. And as we are looking at that, we, we look out and see the harvest fields. With Holy Spirit eyes, we can see. And all of you have seen the, the need for workers in, in this harvest field that we call Bethany Lutheran Church. I think we, we like to lift up our VBS especially and, and have people, at the very least, all in prayer about that because that's a, a connection that we have to our community. And how often have there been children who come in there who may not have that God connection anywhere else and where they're planting seeds in their lives that God may bring to full fruit that may turn to a life of prayer and praise to the glory of God our Father. We, there, there's so much need in our community when you bring of your bounty and generosity and give to the food basket and that, that food basket gets distributed out to the food pantry and United Community Ministries and people acknowledge that, yes, this is a response of Jesus loving us, and that's a loving response that we give out to the community. Well, then that's planting seeds as well. That's growing in the love of God. That's accomplishing so many different things by just such a simple act 
of kindness and love. There's so many opportunities for laboring and being sent out. We have to see that the harvest is plentiful. There's so much to be had out there, but the laborers are few. But those laborers that are sent out, you and I, we are encouraged to sow in the Spirit and to reap eternal life. What a contrast from the, the flesh and corruption. There's not even a comparison, not even a comparison to how sweet and how blessed it is to be in the Spirit, to be and to receive eternal life. That's a response. Again, we, we, are, we teach the children, we give food. Why do we do that? Because of the love we receive from Jesus Christ, because of the gospel, because of Christ giving us so much out of abundance, giving us his life, giving that life flowing to us from the cross and his suffering. But then that life coming to us through his resurrection, that life eternal, which is why Paul writes eternal life. You know, Shel Silverston wrote a, a, a book called The Giving Tree, which is a, one, a beautiful illustration of, of kindness and love and giving. It's this wonderful tree, of course, that all as the boy is, is growing through uh, from boyhood to manhood. You know, the tree that, that gives everything that this boy has asked for and needed, uh, even up to giving uh, its life at the very end. Uh, it's, a, it's a touching book. If you've ever read it, you know, it's kind of hard not to get a little teary-eyed if you're uh, looking at that from the perspective uh, of a parent. But where it comes up is that, okay, there's, the, there, there's so many connections there that I see, of course, to the gospel, the life-giving gospel that comes to us by way of a Savior who gives his life, who gives everything to you and, uh, and to I. But of course, what Christ gives, of what Christ gives, there is no end. There's no end to the giving. There's no end to the Holy Spirit coming into our lives. There's no end to the life that he gives us because it continues beyond this life. And the blessings multiply and multiply and multiply well beyond this short span that we're allowed to enjoy here on earth. Now, I'm not sure if we're going to be ever able to meet those people whose lives we've impacted, the people, the kids that we've taught in Sunday school, the uh, the, the, the people we've had conversations with and helped plant the, the gospel seed or, or has showed an act of kindness to. The scripture doesn't assure us that we're able to meet those people, but I, I wonder sometimes. And I think even if I am going to meet them or not, I'm content just to look out and to see what is described in Revelation 7 as a multitude that no one can number, no one can count. Dear sisters and brothers, that's the result of what we are able to do. To us, it may just be a seed. It may just be some loaves and fishes. But the impact it has on people's lives and the the impact that they in turn have on other people's lives as they go out and and plant seeds as well, we can't count it. There's no way to count it. That's how abundant God's mercy and love is when it comes into our lives and flows out into the lives around us. In verse 9, Paul writes, And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we will not give up. What a, what a great way. There's, there's so many great verses in Galatians. I've only been highlighting just a few. But man, that's one that just kind of put up as a banner, you know, as, as above our church, above 
our, our working office, you know, wherever we could see it and on our computer screen or wherever, don't give up. Remember what Christ has done and all that has been given to us, and don't give up. Get out there into that harvest field. Remember that even though it may seem impossible, that there's, I mean, how many folks sitting out here never thought that they would be an usher in church or never thought that they would have an impact as a Sunday school teacher helping out in VBS, but you heard the call and you responded and you were just amazed at, okay, that was not me. That was the Holy Spirit. And how much not only did you give, but you got back as well. No matter if we go into the night and it looks so dark and black, we never give up because day always follows the night. There's always an Easter Sunday after a Good Friday. And we remember that even though there is sadness for a time, that joy comes in the morning. That's why we never give up. There's all these blessings that await us. It may look impossible. It may look dark. We may not know the end of it, but we don't give up because our Lord has gone before and will give us all that we need. In Jesus' name, amen. And now the peace that passes all understanding keep our hearts and minds forever on Christ Jesus.